guys, welcome to another episode of Live with the Cork in the Road. I'm Kelly. I'm your wine explorer here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am chatting with people who are shaping the Southeast wine industry. Thank you for pushing play today. I'm Kelly, your host of the A Cork in the Road podcast, and my guest for episode 105 is Megan Odom. She is a sommelier consultant and most recently one of Wine Unify's Elevate Award recipients as she is continuing her formal wine education journey. Originally from Richmond, Virginia, Megan currently lives in Mississippi, which makes her the first guest on the podcast who is based in Mississippi. She has a master's in healthcare administration while also holding several wine certifications. So we talk about a philosophy that we both share, which is that wine is life and intertwines with other things we do in life. And she's using social media as a tool these days to show up as her authentic self and showcase her own unique perspective while learning and speaking about wine. We chat about some of her key mentors and what it's been like navigating the process of establishing partnerships within the wine industry and applying for scholarships that open doors to new learning experiences, like the trip that she just went on a few weeks ago to attend Riesling Camp in the Finger Lakes. She's a mom, a communicator, and a connector, and I loved having her genuine energy and passion on this show. So thank you, Megan, and cheers to you. The next episode of the podcast will close out the month by dropping on May 30th. So make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening right now to be the first to know when it's available. If you enjoy listening, please also give us a star rating or even write a quick review that helps other people find the show on these listening platforms. It's been a pretty huge week for A Cork in the Road LLC with our sold-out wine and fashion pairing show showcase at the Epicurean Atlanta Hotel last weekend. Thank you to everybody who packed the theater with such incredible energy and to the featured designers for making the idea come to life. And thank you, of course, to my partner in all things wine and fashion, Donna of Picharad, my co-designer of the Wine Bucket Handbag, for always bringing the best energy to our collaborations and shared visions. We paired for this event five themed looks to five wines and five dishes for some creative pairings, and guests were able to shop the items and chat with designers after the show. You can find highlights on social media at A Cork in the Road and please stay tuned because it sounds like we will be heading back to the Epicurean for another one of these events this fall. I also sent out a newsletter to our email subscribers with the ticket link to our blind tasting competition with a twist coming up on June 4th at the Enophile Institute here in Atlanta. Head to www.acorkintheroad.com to find the ticket link and also to sign up for the newsletter if you want to be the first to know in the future about upcoming events. The grand prize for this blind tasting event will be $200 cash plus an invite to be a guest on this show to recap the whole experience of competing. But the twist is that none of the wines in this blind tasting lineup will be exactly testable. So think Finger Lakes Riesling or South African Cabernet Sauvignon, for example. So a test of your palate skills and general knowledge of the world of wine. You don't have to compete though because everyone that gets a ticket will get to taste all of the wines in the lineup and you can choose to compete or cheer on the people who are competing while you sip and learn if that's more your speed but we are so excited and I hear that tickets are moving pretty quickly so get yours soon if you plan on joining us that Sunday. I will have some other fun announcements to share in the next couple of weeks so thanks for tuning in and supporting the show. Again a huge cheers and thank you to Megan for being on this episode and please don't hesitate to contact either of us about this conversation. It's always great to hear from listeners and keep the conversation going. Talk to you all soon and please take care.
much for being on the show. It's great to have you. I'm so glad to be here. I've been so excited. When you sent me a DM, I was like, girl, yes, of course. Like, duh. That is the energy I like when I reach out to people. So thank you for being enthusiastic <laughs> and up for anything. We have a lot of common friends, don't we? We do. I'm so excited about that. So I knew you were good people. So yes. <laughs> How do you know so many people in Atlanta though? Like you do. Everybody knows you. I don't know. Um, usually like if I come to like a city or something or I know I'm coming to a state, I will message certain people or I'll put it on my story timeline because I kind of want to see like how people are because a lot of times you meet people online and then when you meet them in person, they're weird or they don't know how to talk to people or they're, you know, it's just like you feel very uncomfortable with this though. No. Um, and so <laughs> <laughs> when I came to Atlanta, I met Chris and I met Randy and I met Dap and I met. I love that you yep. put in Dap in here because he doesn't live in Atlanta, but, but he's here all there. the time. Always there. <laughs> so I did that. And then we kind of hung out throughout the weekend. I met Mason and, you know, like a couple other people. And so we kind of like vibed and everybody was like, oh my gosh, it's a good group. You know, it was great. And then kind of went from there. So we all started following each other, of course. And then I started meeting more people from Atlanta. And then I don't know, I kind of, that's kind of like how I've grown. It's just like, I meet one person and they're like, oh, you should meet this person. I'm like, okay. And so, you know, then it kind of goes from there. A connector and all always looking for those common wine people friends. You're originally from Richmond, Virginia, but you currently live in Mississippi and you are the mm -hmm. very first guest on this podcast from Mississippi. Congratulations. Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm -hmm. I feel special. You should feel special because I also know very little about the state of Mississippi. And so I have to start by asking you to tell oh. us a little bit about the wine scene where you live in Mississippi, because I've never been there but also podcast with Mississippi knowledge. So tell me what's going on there for wine. Not shit. <laughs> I'm happening. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, there's not much going on. Like there's a group of some restaurant managers and everything that are in Jackson. And I, we lived in Jackson. So I met a couple of those people through there, but they were already in the industry and knew a lot about wine and stuff like that. I call myself a wine baby because I'm still pretty new to the game. I've only been in wine probably like three years. So when I met them, I didn't know there was certifications and learnings and there's a whole different, I knew nothing about it because we're in science and biology and nursing and healthcare and and I just drink because it's been a rough day. Uh, so I kind of got put on. They uh, kind of embraced me. So a lot of them um, have been in the industry for a long time and they were already some. So I kind of learned from them. We ended up moving. We moved to Oxford. I'm still in touch with them and I still go to Jackson a lot. And, you know, we hang out and everything. But um, in Mississippi, wine can't be sold at uh, grocery stores. And, you know, you have your own liquor stores and everything. They can price it how they want and everything. And it's not like we get a lot of variety in Mississippi. So a lot of the time when I travel, I pick up wine. Um, I also can't get wine shipped to me. So let me tell you how dedicated I am. I drive an hour and 40 minutes to pick up my wine from Memphis, Tennessee. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, it's wild. Okay. Um, and then when we do travel, I try to bring back wine. When I went to Riesling Camp, ended up checking in 24 bottles of wine. Like it's a month's supply. Does basically. it last that long? <laughs> Maybe a week. <laughs> right. So after doing that, I really didn't have too many connections in Oxford. You know, I went to a local wine store and I asked if I could work there part-time or do some volunteering or something like that. And they were, they did not want that. Um, I've, so I've tried and I have kids, like I can't work part-time. I mean, I can work part-time, like do certain things or volunteer, but like weekends, I can't do that. I have to have a babysitter. Like I have, you know, so it kind of just started from my page. I learned from that. And, um, but yeah, the wine seat is not popping. Um, I think it might be for a different type of person. 
I don't look like everybody else that sips wine in Mississippi. Um, so it is some of a culture shock uh, when being here uh, in regards to wine. But, you know, just make it do what it do. That's all you can do. Well, thank goodness for the internet connections of wine then. So you are right. part of a grander scheme of people who drink wine and people mm -hmm. have found you because of your energy and your education <laughs> about wine. So you're not drinking or learning about wine alone right. in Mississippi, which is great. Right. You can come back to Atlanta anytime you want. But right. you but you also said you're originally from Virginia. And I think about the mm -hmm. Virginia wine community and the wine industry there now. Was it like that at all when you were growing up? Did you have a vineyard in your backyard? Because there are places in Virginia where that's the case. Was that the case for you? No. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> Not in Richmond. <laughs> I didn't really come from a wine drinking family. Um, just being black, we're not, that's not really something our family would drink. Um, as far as like what we were raised off of, uh, it would be like moonshine and things that we were able to make and wine wasn't one of those things. So as far as wine, it kind of came when I got older. When I was in college, I'm definitely an MD 2020, Colt 45, take shots of vodka kind of girl. Um, the taking shots of vodka has not changed. MD 2020 and uh, the Colt 45 has. I'm old. And so I never was raised up on that. I never knew anything about it. And so when I did find out about it, I was drinking like Red Cat, uh, which is like this red, like sweet kind of wine. It was okay, but I needed something else because, you know, I like beer. So I like like the seltzer and I like the boldness and the nuttiness and the like, but I didn't like how sweet other things were. So crazy. My first wine date was with my husband at the time. He was not. Um, and he took me to a place called Cooper's Hawk. And at Cooper's Hawk, I tried their wines and I was like, oh my gosh, I really like this. There's like so many different options and everything. So I was very excited. That was my wine journey. So now Virginia is popping. But I, again, I was never in the restaurant industry. I was never in hospitality. So again, I didn't know anything about it. And now, you know, you see more, you see more things going on. It's great. But I didn't live in Charlottesville. I did go there for a couple weddings and I drank them, but I wasn't like really interested in wine besides getting drunk. <laughs> besides getting drunk, what is my highest alcohol content? And it wasn't wine. But I'm just thinking from Virginia and now you mm -hmm. go back and you're probably like, whoa, I was living in this state that's now embracing right. wine, but now mm -hmm. you've embraced it on your own life. So, but you also <laughs> hold now several mm -hmm. certifications. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about the very first one that you pursued? What sparked you to take a formal certification? Well, I feel like I've done so much schooling. And when it comes to people that are kind of like in science, we like to understand the biology behind it. We like to understand how that happened, why it happens, and how can we build it. So it kind of came from that. And I learned that, oh my gosh, there's a whole different world and there's people doing certifications and stuff. So I had to really understand and get a wrap around how to do things, where things are, is it accessible, you know, things like that. So I did my research and I would hear, oh, I did this test. I did this test. And I'm like, I mean, is it hard? Like, of course, we're very nervous about it. So I applied for a scholarship. I was very nervous because, you know, a lot of times when you look at these applications for wine scholarships, they're like, where do you work? How long have you been in the industry? How do you do this? And I'm like, I don't have that. You know, I just have my regular schooling. Like, if you want to know about that, cool. But I feel like a lot of the scholarship applications, I think they need to be changed or tweaked a little bit to understand there's people that are really interested in wine. But in order for us to learn more, grow more, and get more knowledge about it, you have to give opportunities to people that are unaware of some of the things that were around when we were younger or at a different time in life. So, no, I didn't have anything to put in there for the industry. I didn't have any, you know, and I got denied for a lot. But then, one, I got, and I 
I was very excited because I was like, oh my gosh, you see my worth. Thank you. Thank you. You know, <laughs> because scholarships and stuff and like with life and everything, uh, tests are expensive. Okay. Yeah. Wine drinking hobby is expensive. Okay. It does cost money. It does. <laughs> yes. You made a really good point. You used the word young, you know, mm -hmm. when you were younger. But mm -hmm. I always think about this in terms of those applications and those entrances mm -hmm. into the wine mm -hmm. world that younger doesn't necessarily relate to age or actually let me correct myself it shouldn't relate to age right because younger right. in the industry can be at any age yes. chronologically in your life and so those are the opportunities for people that have never been in wine to actually start learning about wine right and that's why I always call myself a wine baby because it doesn't matter the age that I'm at that's where I am in my level of success and the passion that I have for wine it puts it in overdrive as to where I want to go in life, you know? So I finally got a scholarship. I took the WSET one and, you know, I passed. And then, you know, a couple more things came up like Coast Rhone and American Wine Scholarship, CSW, things of that nature came up. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, I can do this. And that's great. But at the time when I had my page, I was just being myself. I honestly started the page at first, you know, it was going to be like a family page. We move around a lot, blah, 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 blah. It didn't work out for me. It just wasn't my thing. So really during the pandemic, I kind of like revised it, changed the name of it and kind of just was myself just being authentic. I wasn't really sure how people were going to take it because, you know, you see influencers when you first get on there and they're holding the glass and they're standing a certain way and they have makeup on and this is so cute. I love this. And I'm not like that. I'm gonna keep it real. Okay. I don't do any of that. <laughs> I don't do any of that. And so I wanted to bring that realness to the page, but at the same time show, I do have the knowledge to back it up. Like I'm not just on here, like trying to influence you to get you to buy some trash ass wine. Like I'm going to give you like, and I call it straight sipping facts because it's straight sipping fact. This is the information. Um, and I don't want to steer you wrong. And I'm not going to tell you that everything is great, but I will give you the information about it. Oh, but that's what I'm drawn to. That <laughs> Megan, like that's what I look for, especially on social media where mm -hmm. it's the wild, wild west in terms of what people can put on there for sure. wine knowledge and wine education and wine communication overall. But I love your page. So I'm glad Thank that you, you brought this up because that's how I first connected with you. But tell me about the handle because you did mention that you changed the name. It was very, yep. very intentional. And I <laughs> saw you talk about it recently. What's the meaning behind the handle? So I started my page off as Odom Journey, which is my last name. And it was kind of like our journey through life, like me and the kids and the husband. And that is very, it was very, um, vanilla okay um it was very boring like I would get a couple of followers and stuff like that but it was just like I was looking to try to you know grow a page and have a place where people can come and talk and figure stuff out and I had wine on there sometimes and everything like that and I was like I'm too busy trying to look like somebody else and like our life is perfect it's not fucking perfect like it's it's crazy out here like I told you life be life in so I had to really just kind of get comfortable with myself and just have confidence that People are going to like me for me and what's for me is for me. And I'm just going to be myself. My husband's like, you just need to be, just be yourself. Don't worry about other people and how they think of you and all that, because you know, you're tiptoeing because you've got a job or you tiptoeing because your parents are going to watch or I was like, fuck this shit. I'm about to, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. So it then changed to Trill Wine Wife. Um, Trill being authentic, genuine and real. Um, wine, because you know, wine is life. 
and then wife because of course my husband doesn't want anybody sliding in my dms um so you know you had to make sure you made that statement real and so it kind of came from there and then after that i did 100 percent of everything i wanted to do instead of worrying about what people thought of me um i know with being in wine is very prestigious it's kind of looked at as you know very expensive or bougie or anything like that and i'm like I am Bougetto, okay? Bougie and ghetto. And what I'm going to do is bring my flavor, which I definitely season my words, to the trellis, okay? Um, and I do these things <laughs> because that's me. That's how I am at home. That's how I am with my friends and everything. So that's what I did. And it kind of flourished from there. And I really did not expect that many people to like me, which I am shocked every day, shocked. Oh my gosh, the meaning of it and that your husband encouraged you and don't come after my wife. Um, right. <laughs> so this is really good. But now you've had some time of building that page and being yourself. And I've seen you use the word wine tellers. You like to classify yourself as a wine teller. Can you tell me mm -hmm. what that entails to you? Yeah, 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 sure. In everything and in every instance and in different points in life, you have somebody that's, you know, at a different stage in life. And at that time, they have wisdom. They have a lot of things that they've learned while being in certain situations. And I feel like a lot of times um, we look to others to tell us and give us information, guide us and help us in everything. And I'm the new aged. Like there's, you know, people that have been doing this for a long time and, you know, people have been, you know, experienced and everything, people that won't talk to you, people that will talk to you, things of that nature. And I call myself a wine teller because I'm giving you a story. I'm telling you about experiences. I'm helping you, but in wine. And so there's a lot of times where I'm telling you about events or upcoming things that are coming up. But at the same time, I might just be, you know, just giving you some information that you never knew anything about. So I say the new and improved age wine tellers, because we have a lot of people that are new to this, but true to this. Um, and so because, you know, it's about wine, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about. And we're able to give information to others, help others elevate, you know, it's just like a, a wisdom thing. Like people that are entering in now, they don't have the same information that I had. So, you know, that's what I am. And so I feel like people like you and me and Randy and Devon and, you know, so many people like that. And it's like, oh yeah, we are the wine tellers of 2023 and more. Continuing on this beautiful journey of wine with all the passion and everything that we have, we're elevating, we're growing, we're gaining more knowledge, we're meeting each other, we're building circles, we're breaking barriers, going through glass ceilings. And it's like, you know, that's a good, that's a good group to be a part of, like gang gang bitch, you know? Like, that you included me in this description is wild. Yeah, and I yeah, appreciate yeah, that. for sure. But it's an energy about bringing more people into this space mm -hmm. by telling people the information that they need to continue mm -hmm. their own exploration as they start discovering more wines. So who inspires you? What type of social media content are you drawn to? Wow. I'm actually drawn to mine. No. <laughs> I watch my stories. It's fine. I'm like, you know you how you go through your stories? You're like, that shit was lit. Like, that was really good. Like, girl, you were you were on one. Um, <laughs> there's so many people that I look up to. It's hard to, like, narrow it down to, like, one. Um, I will say that everybody that I follow is intentional. Like, I follow them for a reason um, because I do like their page and I enjoy their content. I remember when I followed you and I was like, oh my gosh, like she's bomb. Like look at her podcast and stuff. She knows so much. Like she's having these parties without me. Can I move to Atlanta? Can I come visit? Like what's up? You know, and I'm like, you know, you're a little stalker. I'm like, hey girl, this is great. I love this. Um, so I, there's so many different ones. My mentors pages that I, I definitely love to follow them and see what's going on. And because people seem to come off as certain ways, like because they have 
all this, I guess, power. Um, they've done this for a long time. They have all this recognition and certification and stuff, but they're like real ass people. And they they talk and speak just like us and they drink like us. They, you know, it's normal. So I pay attention to their pages a lot, but I am drawn to a plethora of pages that I like to follow that kind of put me in a good mood and it helps me to learn because I'm learning from you as well. Like it's not just I feel like, oh, this is the end on the be all. No, I continue to learn, to grow, to gain knowledge and everything. And I, I feel like it's really important to follow like minds, but also to follow people that are elevated so you can learn from them and not always be stuck in the same spot. Continue to learn and grasp onto things. So you're looking for things that bring you a new perspective. I do the same thing when I'm scrolling through. I'm drawn to people that are looking at things that I thought were just kind of a done deal. If they're right. bringing a new spin on it, I get really yeah. excited, especially in the wine yes. world because it's continuously yeah. evolving. Um, so <laughs> if people are bringing a new, fresh perspective, I get really mm -hmm. excited about that. And now I'm thinking about the page that you have built and the platform and the connections. You're now working with several wine companies and doing <laughs> wine events and all these things. What do you enjoy most about establishing those types of working partnerships? I don't, it's surprising. Uh, when people email me or, you know, slide into my DMs or something, I'm like, don't really? tell your husband, really? we're not going to, don't say right. that. <laughs> so true. Um, <laughs> I, um, I just kind of get like, I get nervous and anxious and excited. Cause at first I'm like, are you sure? Did you really, are you sure it's me? Like, are you sure you're at the right person? Um, and so I get excited about those things. Um, I do enjoy a lot of the partnerships and a lot of events because it helps me to learn more. Um, you know, if I was to do something in the future, it's always good to make those connections because, you know, giveaways come up or things come up and, you know, you're able to reach out to that person. So I always like to build good relationships with the people that reach out to me and work with me. One thing I don't like is a lot of bigger wine companies will reach out to you but they want you to do something like for free and I'm just like I'm your walking billboard I can help you but at the same time I know that if I was somebody else that you would pay them and so you know I I don't want just you know give some wine I mean that's real sweet and everything real I love it um but there's certain boundaries when you get to a certain I guess to a certain level not saying that I'm like all the way the shit. I feel like I'm the shit, but not all the way the shit. Um, and so I feel like in certain situations that you should be compensated as so, you know? Um, that part I don't enjoy, but the other things I enjoy, I enjoy like going to events and meeting people and networking and building those relationships because that helps you go further down the road. I noticed that before when I used to go to events, people really wouldn't know who I was. So I would come and, you know, I would be mistaken for the help. Cause that's what I was called one time mm. and, um, or, a, you know, a waitress or pouring something up or anything, and they wouldn't talk to me. I went to a champagne event that I was invited to and the person was talking and stuff like that. And he was like, um, putting up ice and everything he, because the ice had melted. So I came over to help him. I'm just being nice coming over to help you with, you know, and he thought that I worked there. He was like, Oh, can you get that other person? I was like, I don't work here. And then when somebody introduced me and they told him my name and stuff, he was like, oh my gosh, come sit down. Let me teach you all about this. Hey, yo, I don't want to learn about it no more because I see how the respect is not reciprocated, you know? And those are the things that it kind of toggle between or you go to an event and people, you know, when you see similar faces and stuff like that, you kind of come to them and introduce yourself and stuff. And sometimes people don't do that. They just ignore you until somebody they feel uh, that they respect introduces me and then they're like oh okay and I'm like mm, side eye bombastic side eye well you can't go back on how that made you feel you gave us a little bit of an insight of how that feels in that moment mm -hmm. 
And thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that because that feeling doesn't just get erased by the next kind gesture. You already felt right. that. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So, you know, it's pros and cons to everything. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about as you were describing that now you are working with different companies or that companies now are approaching you. Mm-hmm. What do you look for before agreeing to a partnership or a collaboration? Do you have things that particularly are very important to you when you are deciding on agreeing to an event or an opportunity? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to make sure they support women, not just primarily women, but make sure you support women, uh, diversity and inclusion. I want to make sure that the wine tastes good because some people reach out to you and it's like, um, I want to try it first before I market it to my people because some people going to let me know. They're going to be like, girl, I went and bought this and this, this ain't it. And I would feel really bad. And because I'm so, you know, very honest, I'd be like, no, nah, don't buy it. <laughs> my facial expressions and everything is just, you know, so some of those things I look for and definitely wouldn't work with somebody that is a different type of supporter of what I'm looking for. So I try to stay aligned and, you know, like what I like and what I think is a good fit. Um, if I just kind of get bad vibes from them or if they're telling me I want exact wording, I want this, this, then I can't do that because if I can't be myself, then my audience is not going to respond. I have to be myself. I can't have like digitized, like um, robot <laughs> um, characteristics in my content because that's just not me. Like, I'm not going to do that. So that's the only thing that I would say is um, definitely along my guidelines when it comes to working with partnerships. So glad you have those boundaries. You better have <laughs> those standards. You're not going to let me be myself. Well, then goodbye. Right. Sure, because that <laughs> is what your whole page and your education journey is built on is being mm-hmm. authentic to yourself. What have been some of your favorite projects that you have done recently? Can you tell me about this full circle moment? Because I have a feeling that might be one of your favorite collaborations. <laughs> yeah. My first date with my, not my first date, but my first wine date was at Cooper's Hawk. And I think a lot of times, like when people looked at Cooper's Hawk, they were like, oh, that's just like commercial. Like it's just wines and, you know, it's not good and everything like that because, you know, it's a, it's a big company. Their wines are actually like really good. There's some wines that, you know, I'm not a fan of, but there's a lot of wines that I am a fan of. So uh, one day I was messaged by like this person in PR and she asked me if I could interview somebody. And I was like, I don't do interviews. That's not my, that's not my thing. And she was telling me, oh, well, it's Emily Wines and she has a new wine with Cooper's Hog, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, who is that? Okay. And so I was telling my friend, I screenshot it to my friends and I was like, this person wants me to interview this person and I don't even know who she is. And they're like fangirling and I'm like, what? Oh my gosh, you have to do it. And I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Uh, And of course, you know, I asked my husband, I was like, hey, and he was like, okay, well, you know, it might be a good opportunity. It's with Cooper's Hawk. And, you know, he looks it up. And, I, you know, I'm finding out all these things about her. I was like, oh, she's a boss. Okay. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll do it. I was so nervous before this live because I had never conducted my own life. Um, they sent me the bottles and the wines that she made. I tasted it. And I was like, oh, this is good. Okay. And then we were getting on for the lab. I was so nervous. I was like sweating. I took like three shots before because I didn't even know what wording I was going to say. I had a, I had a, like a script, like questions and stuff. I ripped it up and just threw it over my shoulder. I was like, I can't, I, get, I just got to be myself. We ended up clicking. And I didn't know at that time that I had won the scholarship from Cooper's Hawk. And neither did she. I thought they contacted me to give her a live. Uh, because they because I won the scholarship with some foundation. That wasn't the case. 
not either one of us knew. So basically they reached out to me and I said, why did you reach out to my page? Cause I said it on there. She was like, I found out you won it. I'm going to be your mentor. And I said, so is that why you hit me up? <laughs> she was like, no, I really loved your page. I thought you were great. I loved everything about you. And I was like, oh my gosh, did she just tell me that she found me on my own? Like, so it kind of went from there. <gasps> and now not only is she my mentor, but she's my friend. All of her wines I've tried. I've gone to Cooper's Hawk and we've taste tested. We test together. Like we have a lot of things coming up and Cooper's Hawk is definitely right beside me all the time. Um, and we do have some projects coming up. So that's how that kind of happened. And I think a lot of times people will be like, well, how do you know Emily Wines? How are y'all friends? Like I can call her at any time and just, you know, I think people think there's hierarchy, right? So there's certain royalty in like wine and stuff. And she believes in me and she helps me. And I also then got another scholarship from Cooper's Hawk to take my SOM test. And it, you know, it just keeps going around with them. Um, they did a couple of marketing things I helped them with. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how it happened. So thank you, husband, for bringing you on that first right. wine date. Maybe that's no, where all that. of the story began. And you didn't even know what was ahead, but <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's a really unique full circle situation. And I'm glad that you found the mentorship and friendship in the same yeah. person to help mm -hmm. navigate this beautiful, wild, crazy wine <laughs> world that we all live in. And I know that the most recent thing that I saw you do that I've been so excited to hear more about in terms of events and learning about wine, I saw that you got to go on a trip to the Finger Lakes and you met one of our former podcast guests who lives in Atlanta. Yes, yes, yes. I just poured myself a shot because it's about that time. In a wine glass this, too. <laughs> yes, a shot in my wine glass, baby. It just yes. Oh, and this is um this is vodka made in Mississippi. Actually, I didn't say they make wine, but they do make some good honeysuckle cathead vodka. So we're gonna have to I'm gonna have to bring you some. This is yep. wonderful. So you got to meet Jade Palmer, who was also at this Finger Lakes camp. But how did this opportunity come about for you, Megan? Okay, I told you about one mentor. The three that keep me grounded, keep me on track, that are great people overall, that we've all become friends. And I usually see them like once every three months, which is crazy. Um, So I have Emily. I have Anna Christina, the wine director at Wine Enthusiast. I think she has like another title to a tasting director. I don't know. She's great. Um, And she's also over Salmation. Um, and we talk a lot. She pushes me to great lengths to learn about different things so I can do things for myself because I don't know what she sees. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and then I have Juliana Colangelo, which is over Colangelo and Partners. Her and her dad run a wine marketing company. It's in three different locations and they do stuff all over the world. And so anytime something comes up, they're hitting me up. They're like, hey, you need to do this. You need to do this, do this, find out this or whatever like that. And then that's me like forwarding it to Randy and stuff like, you know, like here, here's some other stuff to do. Um, because I want to keep everybody informed because I want everybody to come. This is everybody's journey. So now you're on the list. So I'm going to have to start, start sending you stuff too. And then I also work with SKW Productions, which is uh, a wine event corporation. Um, and they do events all over the world, like La Fat du Champagne and like a lot of events in New York and LA and everything like that. And she also touched base with me about Riesling Camp. So there's three people that told me about Riesling Camp. And it said that, you know, you have to be, you know, working in the field, you know, all these different things. And I'm like, uh. I'm gonna try it. We'll see. 
when I got the confirmation email, I was like, what the, really? Y'all want me for real? Okay. And then it's like, what's your background? What's this? And I'm like, I was a little nervous to give you my bio, but I did it and they still accepted me. So hello. Um, I was really excited to see Jane on there because we have connected on Instagram so many times, but we never got to meet in person. When I came to Atlanta that one time, she wasn't like around everybody else. She used to reach out to me and be like, you know, asking me questions about wine and stuff like that. And I'm just so very proud of her. She's so wonderful. And she has I mean, she's just a light. I love her. Um, and so I knew that when I got to Riesling Camp, we were going to be lit. We knew it. We knew it. It was just meant to be. So I had already messaged her and I was like, girl, it's about to be a time. Okay. Um, Riesling Camp was just amazing. It was amazing. Now I've been to Pinot Forum and a, a other different opportunities and everything like that. The most amazing experience from when I got there to when I got picked up to the hospitality to the winemakers to, I mean, it was excellent. It was it was coffee at every stop, which we definitely needed. Riesling second. Um, and then, but we had so many good experiences. It was very nice to have everything like very organized. We had snacks, we had drinks, uh, you know, and we were able to kind of just like bond. And we bonded with a lot of people that we were there with. And I'm glad it was a small group. I think it was 24, 25. Other places that too, it's like 60 or something like that. And it's like, this is way too much. This is overwhelming. Everybody was sweet and nice and caring wanted to really know each other and they didn't look at me at first like an influencer or something like they really have respect for me just like the respect I have for them and just being around the winemakers and the vineyards and just learning so much more about the production the growing the the soils I was just nerding out and it was just a wonderful feeling to be able to be yourself but at the same time show that background of scholarly information that you have and to gain more from it I fell in love with Heron Hills winemaker because he's so amazing his name is Jordan he picked me up from the airport and he took me back and we had a great lunch a great time I learned so much from him he's amazing and then also Lakeland oh my goodness the winemaker love him okay <laughs> love him um his wife love her too and her, their daughter like family loves like y'all know that like we're family now so you don't have a choice they send me so much wine they're wonderful beautiful inside and out and they make some killer ass wines like I was just like Ah, it was just a wonderful experience. And I think that anybody should try to go. And if you don't go to the camp, I will absolutely give you a list of where to go when you're up there because let's plan another trip. I think we should do another one. You've got all the knowledge now to send people <laughs> to your favorite places. And not only if you didn't go to the place, you tried so many different wines. How much did you know about the region and those types of grapes before going up to the Finger Lakes? I knew a little bit, but now I have a whole new perspective about Finger Lakes. I mean, I knew they were amazing before, but now that I've actually been there and talked to people and stuff like that and tasted, I mean, I tasted some incredible heartthrob wines. It was just amazing. Give me an example of one because I'm oh like, gosh. what are some that shocked you? Um, Living Roots wine. I had never heard of them. Every wine I tasted from her and her, her and her husband are the winemakers. I was just shocked uh 680 sellers they had wines that I had never even heard of their grapes and stuff I was like who was that oh that's a grape I thought it was a person's name I did um <laughs> you know it was like wow I don't know what this is but this is fire they make some killer rosés I know I know they're known for Riesling I mean the Riesling is bomb yes but the rosés we had a rosé dinner and it was just the sparklings that they make I mean Dr. Frank fourth generation winemaker his granddaughter great great granddaughter I guess it would be yes her name is Megan and we spell our names the exact same way so we instantly bonded and I have some cremant from her Ooh, I saw that people were getting bubbles and pet gnats Ooh. and that kind of stuff too we got to disgorge our own and we got to take it home and then I got a special bottle from her so I was very excited and I was just like 
wow, this is like what life is supposed to be like. And I'm in Mississippi. Like I need to, I need to get my life together, girl. <laughs> Give us five years. Megan's going to be posting up in the Finger Lakes. I can just yeah. see what's happening. But you also, I heard, got to blend your own wine, if I'm not mistaken. What did you make? Um, I'm going to use my, my husband's term. The wine was whining. Um, it was, we went to Cornell and it was wonderful experience. We had a little tasting before, like a versatility tasting, which was cool. And then we went and made our own wines and we had a certain amount of wines that were at each table. And we kind of had to mix those and kind of figure it out and taste and see what works best and everything like that. It was very hard. You know, I always look at winemakers as scientists, but like there's so much more. It's just, it's really hard to do that. And for something to taste well in the bottle, to be preserved, to taste better outside the bottle, it's just so many layers. I mean, there's levels to this shit. And you know about it, you read about it, you learn about it, but doing it is a whole different thing. And it's like, I had an ultimate higher respect for everything that they do. Not that I didn't respect them before, but it was just elevated. And I was like, I don't know how y'all do this. They were like, it's hard, isn't it? And I was like, Ciao, yes. And then you have to go and pick everything to nah. Mm -mm. I'm gonna let y'all I'm gonna let y'all do that. That's that's not in my ministry, but I know it's in yours, so I'm just gonna keep following you, okay? So you're gonna be the taster at the end of the line, is what I'm hearing. Once the finished product is there, Megan's like, I got this, I will analyze it for you right. then. I'll, I'll help you in any way that you can. I'll even pair it with trap music, okay? I got you. This is so great. What do these trips do for you when you come back? Does this affect your ability to talk about wine? What do these trips do for you? Um, they help me to learn and to consult and help me to teach others. I like to find creative ways to teach others. Um, and that's why I use my page a lot to make, you know, content that's very relatable. I always say that it's palatable because, you know, we're always talking about our palate. Like I'm making sure that we're doing a palate pop because I want to, you know, make sure we don't stay along those same lines. You know, you want that palate to pop. Okay. You want it to torculate and percolate. So you learn different things to be able to do those things. And I feel like when I go to these trips, I'm like so excited and like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go back. And, you know, so many different things. Then I come back and I go to the store, you try to look for some things and, you know, they're like, oh, we don't deliver to Mississippi. Of course you don't. Do you deliver to Tennessee? Oh, Louisiana. And I'm like, oh my God, that's another trip. So I feel like everything that I get from other places, I want to drink it, but then I'm scared because what if I don't get it again? Hmm. And I kind of hold on to things that probably shouldn't, I probably shouldn't, you know, live it up. Uh, but I hold on to things. I'm scared. I'm like, what if I don't get it again? And it kind of reminds me of the experience too. And I feel like it's kind of going away if I <laughs> drink the wine. I know it sounds crazy, but I don't get many opportunities like this. And when I come home and tell my husband about it and my kids don't care, they just, you know, they help me with my tasting notes. They smell, they know how to hold the glass. They know how to open a bottle. Like, you know, I feel like I'm doing wine education here in the house. But when I tell my dad and my family and stuff like that, because they just thought I was an alcoholic and now they're really realizing I'm not just an alcoholic. Professional, you're buyer <laughs> and consumer. I appreciate you connecting it back to the excess and the barriers that when you do these trips, now you just mm -hmm. keep seeking those types of experiences, but you might mm -hmm. not be able to drink those types of wines upon right. return. So has this trip in particular to the Finger Lakes made you interested in going to another region to explore at that depth? Um, anywhere else. Sign me because, up for everything. <laughs> right. Because I still haven't been to like Napa or anything like that. You know, and there's so many other regions that we don't know about or we do know about that we don't have. Like, I want to go to Oregon. Like, I want to go to Washington State. Like, I want to go to Texas. And then we want to go out of the country. And it's just hard to be able to do those things. So, like, when the opportunity arises, then that forces me to be able to take off from my job and stuff like that. And then, 
you know, because when you're thinking about booking a trip and you're thinking about all these things, it's just like oh, so much to do. And you kind of put it on the back burner because there's other stuff and priorities and, you know, like adult shit. I hate being responsible, but I have to be. So when stuff like this comes up, it forces me to like, get out there, girl, you can do this. Come on. It's like thrill seeking. So it's like a little happiness to my um, like journey. And it helps me to learn a lot. But I do want to take more opportunities to learn more about different regions and, you know, get to get out more, taste other wines. Because I'm like, look at what I'm missing. Like, what am I missing? I'm missing so much. And I want to be able to, like, live through others and learn. And, you know, that's the goal. So basically, I'm going to see you start going to all these regions because I know the energy is there. The interest is there. I'm going to be like, where in the world is Megan? She's out there in the vineyards learning about these wines and bringing it in because I do think it's important, even though you're saying you don't live in a place where the wine scene is as it is in some other Mm -hmm. places, you are able to still project with the portal Mm -hmm. on the internet. If you have that knowledge, you might inspire people locally. Those minimal opportunities, you still can Mm -hmm. make the most of them, which is very Mm -hmm. exciting to have you bring that knowledge back to where you live. But you have said that you're a mom. You are a wife. What do you think your kids are learning from this wine journey that you're on? Um, They're like, do you want mommy juice how old are they five and 14 yes the gap is real but they still fight and there's still a lot to deal with so um that's where i got my pairings from so usually typically people will pair with different foods and everything like that and i usually pair wine with life because life is wine um and so because my wine is about life uh i pair it with life so things that are happening with my kids and my family and everything like that and i don't always get time to like cook a nice dinner and sit down and eat it's usually their scraps their chick-fil-a their goldfish or you know we made spaghetti or anything like that very simple you know my child has practiced we had two times baseball this week and that pairs very well with this zinfandel because I need something to refresh and help me to hydrate after sitting out in the sun and sweating from every crevices and crease that I have. Um, You know, things like that. You know, my daughter has a pageant, so we're drinking champagne to celebrate, but we're also taking tequila shots because I got pissed off because I didn't like the people they picked. Stuff like that. (laughs) Um, Or how my husband left me, and so I need, like, a big body cab because I'm feeling really alone, and I'm feeling like, you need to come and get your kids. But I need something strong to be able to numb the pain, okay? Um, So things like that I do. Um, I just, I'm just very different. I'm very outspoken. I'm, I just, I want to make sure that people know that like, you don't have to be a certain type of way to be able to enjoy wine and to be able to learn and to understand. And I think I like to bring that to life when it comes to, you know, drinking from the bottle. Yes, I drank from the bottle. Yes, this might be $100. This might be $20. It doesn't matter. I've already poured in the glass. I've already got my tasting notes. I'm drinking it because I enjoy it. And I want to enjoy my wine after I geek out over it. Imagine that. You want to enjoy your wine? Mm, How dare you? How dare you, Meg? How dare you? What a crazy concept. You just said a lot of things with pairing wine and life that are super relatable to so many people. Having kids Mm -hmm. practices, having a full-time job during the day. like All of these things are happening around, and I do enjoy how you talk about wine is life and how it intertwines with all these other aspects and all these other things that impact you and your Mm -hmm. day-to-day schedule. Daily life is just, you know, it's it's a lot. You have some days are, you know, great. Some days are regular. Some days are shitastic. You know, it just depends on what's going on. Um, And then that's, I think that's where I get a lot of my content from just dealing with daily life and um, making up words. I make up a lot of words, but they seem to stick. It's kind of crazy. 
you know, it's going to resonate with somebody, you know, it will. (laughs) So if you could, I think, I think I might know the answer to this already, but I do not want to assume. So I'm going to ask you it anyways, because I think you've kind of alluded to it. I have a feeling that I might know where this might go, but if you could improve one thing about the wine industry, now that you've been engaged with it over the past couple Mm -hmm. of years, what would it be? What can we strive for going forward that would make you very happy to see in the wine industry as a whole? Um, acceptance. Accepting of other people that may not look like you, that may not sound like you, that may not have the same environment or the same growth process. Everybody loves to sip a little. Not everybody, but most people do. And it kind of brings people together to be able to talk about things. Because I wasn't raised up around that, and I know this sounds crazy, but I have kids. And because I have kids, I want to teach them things that will kind of help them and grow And wine is a big deal. And it might not seem like it. I think a lot of people just think, okay, you just drink it and everything like that. But when they go to a restaurant and they are becoming lawyers or doctors or networking or trying to get a hold of somebody or something, they will have the education and background to know what wines to pick, how to spark a conversation about wine. Like, Because you can start with wine, but it can go into so much more. It can flourish into relationships. It can flourish into meetings or network. It can get you a job. You have no idea what it can do. And I think a lot of people just kind of look at it as like, oh, this is good juice. This is, you know, something to get me lit or something like that. But it really is a conversation starter and can really like improve something in your life and you're not really sure. So I try to give them some type of background and information as to how they are able to connect with others. And I think wine is a big connector. And if you don't drink wine, cool, you know, but something's going to, somebody's going to ask you something about it because it's not known that a Black person will know too much about wine. And that's why I think in rooms, I am identified as something other than somebody that would have the knowledge in the background about that. I want them to come in the room prepared and ready for anything that comes up. So not only will they be able to speak with their knowledge, their name, their background, their education, everything, but they're able to have small conversations and be able to take those conversations and kind of grow from there. So um, that's what we're teaching our kids. We try to raise them right and do things right. But they think it's funny now. And I do have a Reels video about them making fun of me about like how I drink and stuff, which is very relatable and funny. Um, But they do understand like how to hold the glass, how to pick out certain things. Is it rosé, red sparkling or anything like that? So I think people only think that, you know, okay, well, you're just drinking. But there are, like I said before, there are definitely levels to this. And I think it'll help them in the long run, actually. And improving that acceptance so that (laughs) wine can be part of someone's life in lots of different ways. And that we shouldn't expect someone to be included or excluded from a wine situation for a preconceived idea. I think that's absolutely key that you just said. And I really appreciate that perspective. Let's keep pushing that forward. Let's go. Let's keep bringing more (laughs) people into wine. I love this. And you mentioned connection. So how can Mm -hmm. people connect with you? What's the best way to find you and learn more about what you're up to? You can follow me on Instagram under Trill Wine Wife, T-R-I-L-L-W-I-N-E-W-I-F-E. Um, I also have a Trill parenting page because like you can't be Trill and like not have like Trill kids because they're, yeah, they're definitely just like us. Um, so we have that page. So it's called Trill Parenting. Um, and then I think I get on TikTok sometimes, but it's just like for funs and sh- like shits and giggles. So it's under Megs Millie, M-E-G-Z-M-I-L-L-I, I believe. But yeah. You can contact me anytime I'm around, you know. In a very authentic and welcoming way. And you do that very, very well. So thank you so much for your time today. I can't wait to see what you do next. You're going to explore some new region and I'm going to (laughs) be cheering for you 100%. So thank you so much for your time today.
Yes, thank you for having me. You were amazing. I just want to let you know that I think everybody should follow you and definitely listen to all your podcasts. <gasps> I didn't even pay you to say that. Thank you so much. <laughs> free, free advertising. You're the best. I will talk to you very soon, my friend. Cheers. Yes, thank you. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to the A Cork in the Road podcast, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, and interviewing people who are changing the wine world in the Southeast and beyond. You can find more about A Cork in the Road at at A Cork in the Road on Instagram and make sure to check us out on www.acorkintheroad.com. See you soon, guys. Cheers.